Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Not a live show today. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you from uh, the East Coast. Actually, uh, California, Maryland is where I'm at, which sounds confusing, but that's where I'm at. Uh, Watch the game last night, so we're going to go over quickly. uh, Just a little short podcast here, but we're going to go over quickly the LA Galaxy's win over FC Dallas. And then, of course, get you ready. Uh, for the game coming up with against Seattle on Saturday. So uh, 15, 20 minutes of, of Galaxy Talk headed your way. Again, apologize for it being a little bit shorter, a little bit out of format than what we usually do, but uh, my wife is currently tolerating this being in another room right now while I'm in the front room of the hotel room trying to get this done, get you guys out of podcast before uh, the weekend hits and uh, the Galaxy take on Seattle. So a 2 nothing victory for the LA Galaxy over FC Dallas. Uh, not surprising that they won, to be honest with you. We talked about it on Monday night. Kevin and I talked about the Galaxy and sort of seeing where they would sit uh, against FC Dallas. And Dallas, not the strongest of teams whenever it came in. But in this game, we also knew that the Galaxy had not beaten FC Dallas since September 27th of 2015. So it had been a long time. And as a matter of fact, there was only one draw in there. There were actually six wins, regardless of venue, for FC Dallas. Uh, I can go back and think on some of those and say that some of them were just bad timing in terms of when the LA Galaxy played FC Dallas and when uh, w- and who they had available. If you look at the first game, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, that was the first game he missed. Um, and the Galaxy went out there with a, a lineup that certainly seemed undermanned, lost 2 to nothing. I think we remember that one, um, in Dallas. And then came up in, with the Minnesota game, changed things up, and had success in that Minnesota game. That's the early Minnesota game. We talk about the Galaxy winning 3-2 and the best performance that we saw up until basically the LAFC game. Um, this performance here to, you know, against FC Dallas, uh, at home, which by the way, great crowd on hand for a Wednesday night, 19,000 plus is basically what they, uh, what they announced, uh, whether or not it was 14, 15, 16, that was still a, a good amount of people there for the game. And I actually watched the entire game on East coast time, saw it all from kickoff to final whistle. I'll tell you this, uh, this game is, uh, is not a consistent winner. It's not a game like even they played against DC United where there was just constant pressure. Uh, FC Dallas had some of the game. FC Dallas had some chances. Uh, they didn't convert. And if you look through the first half, it was really sort of a stymie. Uh, the Galaxy did hold a bunch of possession. The Galaxy did do some smart things. But uh, when you look at it, it, it was a game that was there for the taking for either team. And it was the Galaxy who came up and, and really some changes, I think, in the second half from uh, Guillermo Barrasclodo and, and not changes that should surprise you, but changes that ended up being the difference in this game. Um, so we start with the lineup, and it was a little bit different. Uh, David Bingham in, in goal, that's not different. Rolf Felcher at it right. It's Daniel Starez. Polenta uh, slots in at the center back position next to Starez. Uh, Giancarlo Gonzalez actually got the night off. Um, he was on the bench if they needed him. They did not call on him. And then it was Jorgen Shelvick out there on the left-hand side. Uh, we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh, you had Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos teaming up. So Joe Corona, nowhere to be found on the roster. Uh, told that he is not maybe 100%, but he was out at training for most of the week so it didn't seem like it was a serious injury at all if there was any injury and I haven't been able to confirm that but the fact is I was told that Joe Corona was left off the roster in DC to be ready and rested for a three-game week that was coming up and then Joe Corona is not on the bench uh, he's not there Perry Kitchen apparently has a pelvis injury we, we told you pelvis 
you got to watch out for those pelvis injuries. Uh, so uh, Perry Kitchen apparently pelvis injury, so he wasn't on the bench either. So the Galaxy put Sebastian Legette as the central defensive midfielder, along with Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, then they put Julian Araujo up at right mid. Uh, you had Efrain Alvarez uh, starting in the center at that number 10 position. Uh, you had Pavone get restarting again, so now he's been in you know, really no time. Uh, goes another uh, almost 90 minutes. I think he actually got subbed in this game a little bit before the end. Um, but Pavone was in there for his second consecutive start with the LA Galaxy. And then, of course, Zlatan Ibrahimovic up top um, for LA. On the bench for uh, the Galaxy was uh, Lampson was there, Giancarlo Gonzalez, Dave Romney, Servando Carrasco, Fabio Alvarez, Uriel Antuna, and Emil Cuello. Uh, Fabio Alvarez and Uriel Antuna are the two that are going to be the uh, the ones to highlight here in terms of the rotation one that Gamera Bereshkola put in, leaving those two guys on the bench, but also the fact that he gets to bring those guys in in the second half and really the difference makers for that. Uh, I thought the first half was, you know, a little lopsided in terms of uh, of where you you saw the galaxy. Again, they end this game with not more than fifty percent possession. They ended up with about forty five percent, forty five to fifty five. Whenever you get there, um, you know there were some good spells by the galaxy. Certainly, the first fifteen or twenty minutes was very good by the galaxy. I thought FC Dallas played much better at the end of the second half. Uh, there's the shot that goes off the crossbar that probably should have gone in. Um, you know they they certainly had some chances. Uh, but this all, in my mind, comes down to the substitutions and when those substitutions are made and who those are. Uh, because you look at that first sub coming in in the 53rd minute. One is that you have to give uh, Gamma Barrish-Skoloto some credit. Uh, you have to give him a little bit of credit and understand that you know he's been criticized enough of not making substitutions very early. And here he is, brings in two guys who are starters, and that is the that is sort of the rub on all this. These are not guys that you expect to come off the bench all the time. Although Oriel Antuna eventually could be a bench guy uh, if when if Ramon Alessandrini starts to join back up with the club. So 53rd minute, you had Julian Araujo come out, and I thought Araujo was very miss. Uh, if you're talking about hit and miss, there was very much missing uh, from his right midfield role. Uh, not anywhere near what he was able to do against LAFC. That's pro- that's not his position. We know that. Uh, the LAFC game seems to be sort of the the um, the outlier on all that. Um, so anyway, so uh, you had Julian Araujo um, who came off. Uh, you had Oriol Antuna slot into that right mid-roll. That made a bunch of sense. That really started to turn uh, Christian Pavone on. And Pavone was really in my mind, the man of the match. Zlatan Ibrahimovic may have two goals, but it was uh, it was Pavone who really sort of showed and shined bright in this particular game. Um, and, you know, you, you've seen, I think, most of the quotes where Zlatan Ibrahimovic says, you know, you better enjoy him because he's not going to be here for too long. And then you have Zlatan saying that he's much too be- much too good for Major League Soccer as well. Uh, again, so the backhanded comments from Zlatan Ibrahimovic about Major League Soccer continue. Um, so, you sort of just take those with a grain of salt. But anyway, it, you had uh, you had Uriel Antuna come in, uh, which really started to free up Pavone. And then about seven minutes later, eight minutes later, you had Fabio Alvarez come in for Efrain Alvarez. Uh, listen, I understood that they put Efrain Alvarez in the number 10 role. Uh, everybody tells me that that's probably his best position. And I will tell you that as in terms of 17 slash 18 year olds on this roster right now, Julian Araujo is the better of the two. Um, Efrain Alvarez has a lot of responsibility hoist upon him in the role that he was put in. And what you saw for most of the game with Efrain in there was Zlatan Ibrahimovic dropping back into that 10 role to be that distributor uh, because Efrain Alvarez wasn't getting the job done. 
he he is an offensive threat, absolutely. Um, but this is that's Fabio Alvarez's position. I don't think anybody would argue that. I don't think Guillermo Barrascolota would argue that. Um, but really, you know, on the night, you want to talk about things that you lost in the first half that you gained in the second half whenever the two subs came in. It was possession in the midfield, and that was because of Araujo, and it was because of Efrain Alvarez. Now, there has to be some credit given to the Galaxy for even holding the score at 0-0 through halftime. Um, and putting together some some you know mildly interesting runs going forward as well um, but the galaxy didn't start clicking until Oriol Antuna and Fabio Alvarez uh, sort of joined that and you get the breakthrough goal in the 68th minute and it was Jorgen Shelvik which by the way you should point out had one of the most horrific first halves I've seen um, you know he I get that Guillermo Barrascoloto and we've, we've talked about this has put so much pressure on the outside backs for the galaxy Rolf Felcher um, and Jorgen Shelvik uh, but the passing and the decision-making that Jorgen Shelvik made in the first half might have made me consider not ever having him come out for the second half. Now, fortunately for uh, for Guillermo Barrascoloto, unfortunately, I think for the LA Galaxy fans, uh, Jorgen Shelvik did return for the second half. Uh, you put him with Pavone up there. You put him with a midfield that started to hold the ball a little bit more. You certainly put him in a midfield with Fabio Alvarez and, and Oriel Antuna that was pressing up high on both sides, and you could see... Um, you know, the advancements that were able to be made. And, and, and you even had uh, the Spectrum Sportsnet crew, and, and, and certainly, um, you know, they were talking about the fact that Guillermo had told Jorgen Shelvik specifically, we want you getting forward. And knowing that he had a lot of defensive issues in the first half, knowing that he had some bad passes, uh, the entire LA Galaxy uh, first half was sloppy with passing through the midfield. Jonathan Dos Santos had some bad passing. Um, you know, Diego Polenta had some bad passing. Uh, Jorgen Shelvik certainly did. Rolf Felcher did. Anybody coming through that midfield had bad passing. Julian Araujo. Um, so there were no standout stars in that first uh, half. And, you know, adjustments needed to be made. And seeing the same lineup come out, you know, is, is something that you could see the, the same sort of takeaway from that first half and then seeing the changes that Guillermo eventually makes here um, really sort of open things up for uh, for the LA Galaxy again the uh, the pass uh, from Jorgen Shelvik the uh, the look from Christian Pavone and, and able to get the ball and hold the ball for a split second to get it to Jorgen Shelvik the fact that short Shelvik is able to stay on side and then put the ball to Ibrahimovic who's able to sort of look off Jesse Gonzalez the FC Dallas goalkeeper uh, slotted into the lower left hand side and Gonzalez goes the other way because it looked like he was going to open up his hips I mean it's just it's all great stuff uh, and that was the breakthrough goal that you needed from the LA Galaxy good intricate passing that you had seen little spurts of in the first half but Fabio Alvarez, um, you know, Christian Pavone, uh, Jorgen Shelvik, you know, in this particular case, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic make that all happen. Uh, you look at Pavone again and, and just the passing that he's received inside the box and his runs that he makes. And yes, he was fouled and it looked like it was a pretty clear foul um, that, that ended up in the penalty kick for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. All those things work out good. Uh, if you look at the stats, the Galaxy had 11 shots. FC Dallas had 15 shots. But Again, we talked about DC United and how the Galaxy outshot DC United, but DC United outshot them on goal. The Galaxy five to one in terms of shots on target. Um, so there were a lot of block shots by the Galaxy this time uh, instead of FC Dallas. So there, there was a lot of stuff. Even the crossing, though, it's not outrageous. Eighteen crosses to thirteen crosses for the LA Galaxy in terms of uh, you know them leading that statistic. Fouls fifteen to fourteen. Uh, that was certainly a highlighted thing from the LA Galaxy, and you saw um, you know director of uh, communications and and all sorts of fun stuff that uh, that Brendan Hannon certainly has there. You saw him tweeting out you know the stats on Zlatan Ibrahimovic and how he's one of the least 
fouled strikers, which is it's a ridiculous stat. I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, it's a ridiculous stat uh, in, in terms of what that looks like and, and how the Galaxy sit dead last in terms of fouls, fouls suffered. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic in 19 games at that point, and now you could put it at 20 games, and I think he had two fouls suffered in this game. Uh, you know, had 19, uh, so now 20 games and 19 fouls suffered. The discrepancy from almost any other striker in Major League Soccer is ridiculous, and you saw some of that even in this game, where Ibrahimovic is fouled. A player, uh, there was one, I think, in the first half, where Ibrahimovic runs, wins the ball. The player runs into Zlatan, falls over, and they call the foul on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, so certainly I, I think some of that was, was in the back of everybody's mind as they're watching the game, uh, and you saw Zlatan come out and, and, you know, have a pretty decent game for a team that is tired. Um, they were able to shift into a second gear with those subs. The, the subs for me make all the difference. Uh, they're the reason that this LA galaxy team wins this game. And the fact that Guillermo was able to go out and start Efrain Alvarez and start Julian Araujo and the galaxy were able to hold it at zeros, um, is really where that game is won. Uh, and then they're able to put their stamp on the game and, and really take things to the next level. Whenever you look at, you know, the, the two subs that come in that are really the two starters, but the fresh legs of Ariel and Tuna, um, you could see how effective he was against tired legs. And again, we've pointed out the schedule and we've pointed out how almost everybody in Major League Soccer right now, especially in the Western Conference, is all bunched together. And everybody is playing a condensed schedule right now. Um, so the tiredness is is very equal in most cases. Now, the Galaxy, you know, chose to charter to D.C. and from D.C. Uh, that probably helped them a bunch here. FC Dallas flies, I believe, commercial out to L.A. Um, they play that game and they look tired in the second half. Uh, the Galaxy didn't look tired in the second half and they had some real sort of game changers coming off the bench maybe that's a look of things to come for the LA Galaxy uh, one of the big things that you, you continue to see in the trends is is really two things um, well maybe three things Christian Pavone is you know is the real deal um, he was the difference maker in this game he was the reason the LA Galaxy win this game uh, you know Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the combination with Christian Pavone is is excellent and and Zlatan can say all the nice things he wants about uh, Christian Pavone and, and and how that partnership is going to come together and then three is the difference with Fabio Alvarez and how much getting Pavone has increased um, you know, Fabio Alvarez's output as well. Uh, Fabio Alvarez, who thinks, who sometimes seems to struggle to find positioning and struggles to find passing in that number 10 spot in that cam, the central attacking midfielder role, um, suddenly has a, has a purpose. Uh, the combinations with Pavone and then the combinations with Ibrahimovic and the combinations out wide, uh, the switching of the ball. I thought all of these things were, were outstanding once you had that sort of starting team sitting out there uh, for the LA Galaxy. So the Galaxy getting the three points is huge. You know, we sort of talked about it uh, in, in the articles leading up to it, that this is really like sort of the first game of the playoff race um, as the Galaxy look to try to find their ways into the playoffs uh, and now sitting in third after the midweek results and, and getting ready to take on Seattle um, all these things are, are positives for the galaxy it's not the cleanest game um, there's certainly some things that need to be improved upon especially Jorgen Shelvik who, who continues I think to scare the ever-living crap out of most LA Galaxy fans and, and really he could have given up two goals in that first half probably within the first 25 minutes of the game um, but in, in retrospect, you know, he's one of the reasons the LA Galaxy score that goal. So uh, it's not all horrible. It's not all horrible things, but insist for uh, for Jorgen Shelvik is big. Uh, the two goals from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, who now has 18 goals on the season. Um, those are big as well. And the Galaxy get ready to play a Seattle team who just got smacked across the face uh, by Real Salt Lake 3 to nothing. So 
having said all that, uh, we can sort of take a look at, at the Seattle game and, and understand uh, where we're trying to uh, to target the LA Galaxy and, and what they really need to do. Uh, if you look at the standings right now, Seattle is sitting in fifth position at 39 points, the LA Galaxy at 40 points, uh, sitting in third position. Uh, the Galaxy just one point behind Minnesota United, who continue a very good run of form right now. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of talk, I think, uh, of, of the Galaxy having to win out. Um, these last couple, these these last nine games, again nine games. Um, they had five games at home, five games away. Whenever it came into these last ten games, they now have four games or uh, uh, four games at home and five games on the road. And they're going to play Seattle, which will make it you know uh, three games at home and five more on the road. Uh, so a very difficult stretch coming up. But there's going to be a lot of talk about the Galaxy having to win out in order to to stay in the playoffs, and it, that's probably not going to be the case. There's going to be a lot of Western Conference teams who look like they're going to beat up on each other. Uh, so it's very important to take this game by game. Try to win every single game, but understand that if results go your way, then you know the loss may not be as big of an issue if, if you do indeed lose. Um, looking at uh, just how tightly bunched everybody is, and, and again, this is the talking point everybody in the league is telling you, uh, but eighth place right now is 36 points. Second place is 41 points. So you're talking a difference of five points from second place down to outside the playoffs and FC Dallas drops below the line uh, 36 points right now and that's where they sit and they have two more games played than a bunch of people uh, the LA Galaxy have one more game played than you know the San Jose Earthquakes and LAFC um, so there's there's going to have to be some reconciliation here of, of games played and how condensed the schedule is and we've told you how many games the Galaxy have coming up I'm not going to go over that again but it's a lot of games um, it's a lot of games in a very short amount of time, uh, and, and you know, winning these games at home are super important. So with Seattle coming in, Seattle 11, 8, and 6, uh, they are 8, 2, and 3 at home, and 3, 6, and 3 on the road. Um, not a great road record. Uh, they also haven't been a great team this year. Uh, they didn't make any big moves at the at the transfer window, uh, which sort of had Seattle fans, uh, I think, a little angry. Um, now they just had a whole ownership group change, which may have been one of the reasons that they didn't go out and get that you know big designated player, but there was a large ownership group change, and now they have a, a whole bunch of new owners, um, which apparently don't have exactly the, the same worth as the, owner that, as the single owner that they replaced. So uh, some questions about Seattle and how they're going to handle uh, sort of this run of the playoffs, but they're a dangerous team. You know, they rested through the first half. I think Jordan Morris and some of the other players who they were saving again for this weekend, a lot like the LA Galaxy did, um, saving some players and trying to get them some minutes or, or trying to get them some bench minutes uh, before they would uh, head to Los Angeles and, and, and get that done. So uh, Seattle likely went from Real Salt Lake directly to Los Angeles. They're already in LA. Um, that would make a whole bunch of sense for me if I'm that team. And so uh, they have to play the LA Galaxy uh, coming up uh, very shortly on on Saturday. So it should be a, a, a good game. The game will kick off at 7 p.m. That's right, a 7 p.m. kickoff time, not a 7.30 kickoff time. Although you should look to see that uh, kickoff time possibly move a little bit closer towards the 7.30 uh, than the 7 o'clock, as it will be nationally broadcast on ESPN2. So Saturday, August 17th, 7 p.m. kickoff time on ESPN2 is when you can find the LA Galaxy hosting the Seattle Sounders after the Sounders game. Uh, the LA Galaxy will then technically be the road team as they host Cruz Azul on uh, Tuesday, August 20th in the League's Cup. Uh, the interesting lineup for that and, and see how the Galaxy now prioritize that tournament and see if there's any sort of uh, look at, at maybe trying to take a, you know, a win there, takes you to the finals. Um, you know, you want to play the final in Las Vegas, you certainly can. 
but anyway, so uh, it'll be technically an away game for the LA Galaxy, even though it's at Dignity Health Sports Park against Cruz Azul on Tuesday, August 20th. That game kicks off at 7.30 p.m. Then you have the away game in quotation marks to LAFC at Bank of California Stadium. That one's broadcast on Fox Sports 1. Uh, that's a Sunday, August 25th kickoff at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So a nice late Sunday game. A 10.30 Eastern time start, which makes a whole bunch of sense, I guess, to somebody. Uh, and then they'll go away back to these same Seattle Sounders that are coming on Saturday. Uh, September 1st is is at CenturyLink Field on Fox Sports 1. Wednesday, September 11th, the LA Galaxy hosting, excuse me, traveling to the Rocky Mountains of Colorado Rapids. Uh, and then home to Sporting Kansas City, home to Montreal, away to Real Salt Lake. Final home game coming up against Vancouver on Sunday, September 29th. Uh, and then the final away game, Houston Dynamo, uh, the same team that ended the LA Galaxy's playoff hopes last year. Um, you know, on the final day of the season, they are now away to Houston for a 1 p.m. kickoff time Sunday, October 6th. That will probably be a hot and steamy one as well. So again, the 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 schedule getting tight and compact. There are six games the LA Galaxy play in September, uh, and that doesn't count. I think if they uh, if I think if the League's Cup won, I think that game also the the final might actually be in in September. But we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever we get there. But the LA Galaxy again at a busy time right now. Um, other than that, it's really about getting healthy for the LA Galaxy and, and seeing Roman Alessandrini return to, you know, sort of full training and getting him close and ready to go here shortly. Those are sort of the, the big milestones I think the LA Galaxy still have to cross and are still looking at. Um, but, you know, the win was a big win. It, it wasn't a must win, but if, if you want any sort of momentum, and we laugh because, you know, we say momentum doesn't matter. I think the Panda sort of brought that up. Uh, maybe momentum doesn't matter, and, and I certainly feel that way with this club, that they're sort of hit and miss and hit and miss. Uh, but having two back-to-back hits right now after a three-game losing streak would go a long way of really starting to, to cement that position, um, you know, with within the playoff group. And, and if the Galaxy can shred water where they're at right now, uh, third place is a great place to be. Uh, yeah, you get to play the fourth place team. Um, and that might not even be true because it's like two versus seven, and then it's uh, three versus six, and then it is, yeah, three versus six. Yeah, that's that's not horrible. Uh, three versus six because the first one round gets it. Um, so anyway, so a- as you look at that, that's not a horrible matchup for the LA Galaxy uh, in terms of hosting that first playoff game um at dignity health sports park so we'll see if that gets maintained um there was an interesting thing i don't know have all the details but certainly seen it reported on on a bunch of the social media sites but there was a chant that was going on in the second half something about uh it was the you can't beat us you can't beat us and it was sort of weird on the broadcast and i was trying to figure out what the context for that was and, and apparently there was a security guard um, and I've sort of seen some, some messages that were sent back and forth from people, but, uh, there was a security guard who works at the stadium there that was wearing, um, an LAFC hat. And that's what that chant was about. Um, now, you know, you can say how, how does somebody who works at an event have a, a rival team, uh, hat on and how does that person maintain stay, uh, you know, employed is it, those are all good questions, but I, I was just sort of trying to figure out what the chant was about. The other sort of thing that came out of this as well, uh, this particular game is that, uh, several listeners and, and readers sort of alerted us to the fact that there was uh, a little bit of a shouting match, uh, going on between Jonathan Del Santos and David Bingham after the game. And, and from what I heard from the Panda and, and, you know, what he's 
sort of saw and and what I've heard from some other people. Uh, the hammer was relaying me information as well, but that Jonathan Dos Santos and David Bingham were going at it. It was Diego Polenta uh, sort of stepping in between them uh, and keeping the peace there. I don't think this is anything besides guys who just were disagreeing about something. And yeah, if they get a little heated, that's fine. I'm fine with them getting heated, especially after a win. Um, I like that in terms of, hey, you know, like keep things, uh, you know, keep that energy high and sort of keep that focus on something. And so if there's something two guys need to work out, working it out after a win sounds a lot better than trying to work it out after a loss. Um, this is this seems like nothing to me. I know people are going to make a big deal about it, however it is. Um, you know, if we continue to see some frostiness between those two, it could be something. But right now, um, these guys are trying to sort of figure each other out and, and try. I, I think the, the competition and the competitiveness um, that's going on right now might be a good thing. Uh, because certainly it seems like uh, Christian Pavone came to play. It certainly seems like Zlatan Ibrahimovic is ready for this playoff run. Um, and the Galaxy, you know, really could with a, a win against Seattle uh, coming up on Saturday really start to cement that position. And they have tough games. Again, uh, going to LAFC is going to be a tough one to win. And and you can say that, you know, hey, LAFC has never beaten the LA Galaxy. I know I've been to every single one of those games. I've seen them all. Um, but that's going to be a game where LAFC is out for blood. Um, and, you know, uh, you want to talk about a, a, a something that could really boost the LA Galaxy is to keep the regular season unbeaten against LAFC because if the Galaxy make it to the playoffs, I guarantee the Western Conference comes down to those two teams. It seems destined. Um, so it's up to the Galaxy to, to make sure that the win not only keeps LAFC sort of in that place, um, but that win uh, makes the LA Galaxy's playoff chances even, you know, boosting that higher and, and sort of setting up that mental showdown that could happen between the two LA clubs in the Western Conference and could be one of the highest rated uh, television watched games ever in the history of Major League Soccer. So um, that certainly could be the case if those two teams meet in the MLS playoffs. So uh, a lot of things. Winning on the road in Seattle is tough. Uh, winning on the road in Colorado is tough. Again, condensed schedule. These are all tough. Um, you know, home sporting Kansas City should be a win. Montreal is not a horrible team, and I know people want to say that they're, you know, not great. Um, but right now, when you look at Montreal, they're a seventh team, and they're a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have 33 points. And again, the LA Galaxy have 40 points. There's only a seven-point difference there. I can't say that, you know, you would think that um, that, that game is easy. The only thing that the Galaxy have sort of in their, big in their favor there is the travel is a nightmare. And, you know, there's probably a midweek game played by Montreal in there as well. So, that works in the Galaxy's favor. Uh, a way to Real Salt Lake, that's an unknown quantity right now. They smack Seattle, as I said. So um, there's some games that they can win. There's some games that are going to be tough. Um, but winning out probably isn't necessary. But they need to get as many points as they possibly can. I know that sounds something stupid. Something, you know, it sounds simple to say. And it's something easy for, for somebody. But it's all about taking the points when they're there. Uh, because every point is going to help you continue to either climb or, you know, maintain that position in the Western Conference. And not every team it looks like that's in the playoffs right now is going to finish in the playoffs. Uh, my guess is somebody from outside the playoffs is going to climb into the playoffs and somebody who is, you know, in the playoffs is going to drop out. And depending on who those teams are and how that works, uh, you could see, um, you know, a, a team like the Galaxy who can simply tread water in a specific place could actually lead you sort of to those those areas where the Galaxy don't play great. They don't win out, uh, but they still finish in that third um, in that fourth, in that second position in the Western Conference, uh, depending on the results around them. So, all right. I think that's about it. Uh, I know it's a short one. 
it, it, again, it's it's late here on the East Coast, so I wanted to get you guys something so it does sort of uh, help you through. I'll try to get another one out on Monday, and right now, at least as we're going, uh, next Thursday, still planning on being back and uh, in the studio to do a live show with, uh, with the Hammer. We'll see if that ends up happening that way and how all the flights connect and uh, how everything happens, but that's at least we'll keep our fingers crossed for that one. All right, uh, let's see. I think that about does it. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com if you're looking for any of our articles. And Larry Morgan doing an outstanding job filling up the queue, uh, writing two articles about the uh, win over FC Dallas, so make sure you check those out as well. And, of course, uh, you know, look for all of our merchandise there and help us keep this podcast funded and up-to-date. Uh, we're working on some new stuff to come out here before the end of the season. And if I can get with Eric and we can figure out a time to do it, we're going to do another live show for you guys somewhere too. Uh, maybe it'll be in Orange County, maybe it'll be up in LA, but we're going to work something out some way we can, before the end of the season, have ourselves another live show and get together and uh, maybe at another brewery somewhere, uh, maybe at a restaurant, maybe someplace cool uh, where we can all agree on, but we're working on that as well. All right. Uh, I think that about does it. The LA Galaxy facing off against the Seattle Sounders coming up on Saturday. Make sure you're there. 7 p.m. kickoff time. ESPN 2 is when you can find it. Uh, I won't be there. The Hammer should be there. Mr. Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, will be there. I believe the Panda will be there as well. So we got you covered from almost every angle that you can. Uh, so that does it. I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>